Well, good evening and welcome to Tuesday Night Live. Thank you for joining in with us. And why don't you just come on in in my house? Uh, we're just uh, having this meeting from here and Chicago. I have a beautiful, wonderful, awesome guest that's going to be with me in just a few minutes. And again, he's in Chicago. So you're getting a meeting from my home and his. Uh, and the reason that we're doing it from my home, many of you already know, I've talked about this in several weeks, that our studio, our ministry center, was almost destroyed by the cold weather. Here in Texas, we do not have uh, two degrees below zero, and our power systems just couldn't keep up, especially since the Green New Deal. Uh, was enacted by the new man, uh, Mr. Biden. But anyway, that being said, they had to cut off power in many areas, and uh, our ministry center was one of the ones that they cut the power off, and so we finally got construction crews in there doing their work, and we had to move everything out into storage to keep the... Um, construction crew from destroying all of our equipment. So anyway, it's been a long 15, 16 weeks that we've had not being able to use our studio, our ministry center, but I'm here at home and my guest is at home. And so wherever you're viewing from, you know, I know some of you, it's morning for you. Some of you, it's later at night. Some of you, it's early noon. But anyway, wherever you're watching us from, I'm so thankful that you're here. And really, I believe tonight, I believe God's going to speak to you in a way that's going to astound you. But it's going to astound you in a way that it's going to cause you to take steps higher in your faith, to be stronger to get up, you know, often say, are you going to give up or get up? Well, it's time that we get up and rise to a higher level. And that's what this ministry is all about, is always to bring encouragement, to bring hope, to increase your faith, to help you increase your faith so that you can walk with God. And I often say, too, we're not just serving God. We're living with God. And I'm glad that I realized that I'm living with God, not just serving Him. They're both good terms. But I live with my wife. I don't serve her. Uh, you know, we live in the same house. We ride in the same car many times. We sleep in the same bed. We eat at the same table. And, you know, when I'm not with her, I... I text her, I call her, I talk to her. So if we're living with God, we can't text God. But as people through the day get busy, and but they call someone and text them, I believe that's what we need to do with God. We need to stay in touch. I often use the term, I maybe not pray long prayers, but I don't go long without praying. So it's important to keep our life in tune with God. Now I want to introduce my guest. And 
I've known my guest for over 35 years, maybe just a little bit more. He's a great pastor in Chicago, a family harvest church. And it's a mighty, mighty church. I've been to that church and and, and being there, just walking in the atmosphere in that church. It's, it's just exciting, it's thrilling, and it's encouraging. And then when my friend and my guest, and I'll call his name in just a moment, when he speaks, he speaks with such wisdom. I respect him so much. I trust him so much. And one of the things that I often say about this man is, I appreciate what he does, but I appreciate who he is more than what he does. And this is none other than my friend, Rob Thompson. Rob, Pastor Rob Thompson, we're so glad to have you with us this evening. Well, I am so excited to be able to be with your prestigious audience here at this on this night. It's just such a privilege for me. I can't even begin to express how I feel by being even given the privilege to be able to be on the same, uh, the same broadcast with you. So thank you very, very much. Well, I have some things that I want to talk about this evening, and, and, and it's a range of subjects probably that you're, you're so wise and have so much wisdom to speak words that's encouraging. So one of the things I want to talk about is running your race and running the race to win and then don't surrender. Pastor Rob, years ago, I watched a movie, The Karate Kid. <laughs> I'll tell you, sometimes I, I think about that movie over and over of how his, his mentor told him, don't surrender and don't retreat. And the ending of that movie was so good. The young kid, uh, you know, he, he, he got injured, but he won. And we're not fighting people, as you well know. There's powers and principalities and spiritual wickedness in high places that's always coming against us in our walk of faith. And I'm just going to read a verse of scripture here in 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 24 in the New Living Translation. And it says, don't you realize that in a race everyone runs, but only one gets the prize? So run to win. And then it says in verse 27, well, let me read 26. So I run with purpose in every step. I am not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself may be disqualified. There is so much in these few verses that I've just read, Pastor, that I feel like that the time we're living in What's happened in our world in the last 18 months, 16 months, many people have become weary. They have felt like life is almost not worth living in some areas. But you know what? 
during this whole 16 months, my faith has grown stronger. Now, I want to say to you, Pastor, I'm older. I'm not old. I'm older. I'm not going to get old. I get older as the days go by. But God's in me and this freshness comes out of me every day because I'm not going to let myself get old spiritually, physically. And again, as I said, I get older. But I am fresher in the spirit every day. And that's what people should be. And that's what our encouragement should be today. But I want you, I want to ask you, you know, you're you're such a person of faith and (laughs) you you just have a personality and a way of looking at life that gives encouragement every time you speak. I've, I've heard you. I have read your books. I've got two of them right here with me. One, um, your passport to promotion. I've read this book a number of times, but I have read this one. I have read this one, and it's the 10 critical laws of relationship. And I've read this one more than I have the passport to promotion. They're both excellent books. You've authored many, many books. And so I know I'm going in a circle here saying several things, but we're in a time when we need men and women of God not to compromise and help people to win the race. What is it that keeps you, what is it that keeps you sharp, focused, encouraged, and looking to the future? There's, there are several um, issues, and, and Pastor, you have opened up such a, such a, a, a large, a large can of, of God's goodness. And the, the first issue is it's our surrender to God. That surrender actually gives us the perspective by which we live our lives. If you remember the story of, of Abram then turned Abraham, that he, here he was, he was 75 years old and God gave him a promise that he was going to be the father of many nations. 24 years, nothing occurred. The 25th year, Abram became Abraham, and he finally got to the place to where he understood that he was not the one that had to perform God's promise. He came and he said that he was fully persuaded that what God had promised, he was able also to perform. Many people, many people, uh, Pastor, even during these these difficult moments, they don't realize that that God knows exactly where all of us are. He is looking for us to understand that we give thanks to God because he always causes us to triumph. First Corinthians 15:57 says, "But thanks be to God who has given us the victory." through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Remember that God has called us 
and in the blessing of those people who who keep God's word. We're the head, we're not the tail. We're above, we're not beneath. We are first, we're not last. Now, with all of that in mind, we rest in that belief. We rest in all of it, that I am who God said I am. I can do what God said I can do. And I'll have what God said I will have. And inside of all of that, I've surrendered my life to the promises of God. I know that without him, John 15, 5, I can do nothing. I also understand this, that the pursuit of excellence needs to be the pursuit of each and every believer because he has called this by his glory and by his excellence. And he said there, and Solomon said in Proverbs 22, 29, he said, now do you see a man who excels in his work? He'll stand before kings. He'll not stand before unknown people. Every one of your listeners, every one of the viewers tonight has been called by God to stand before kings, to represent him in the halls of Congress, to actually stand in the rooms of parliament, speaking God's words, giving God's decrees in all of the things that we are going through. America, just one of the nations, of course, of, of the over 200 nations on the face of the earth, America is facing a very difficult time, but yet at the same time, it is through our faith and patience that we'll inherit the promises of God. It's not the, it's not the kingdom of the USA. It's the kingdom of God that we want to establish in the USA. Well, you know, I was listening to you and I want you to explain a little bit more. You know, we I talked about the 14, 16 months, whatever it's been, you know, the pandemic and then the election. Uh, and you went, mentioned in your talk there, you mentioned patience. You know, patience is endurance. Um, and in life, I often say life is not a sprint. It's a marathon. Yes, that's right. And patience, we'll go there just for a little, little, for a little season here on patience. Patience, I often say, is not um, when I I live here in Dallas, and when I get in the toll tag line, and somebody didn't, and they're they're holding up the traffic, and then you get to the airport and you find that you know you're. You, you get there finally, and then you find out the, the plane's going to be an hour or two hours late or not going to go at all. That, that is a part of patience, but patience to me, now you do have to be patient in these things, but patience is more in our walk of faith every day. I mean, the little issues that I just mentioned, I mean, those are big issues to some people, but 
Patience is something we learn. Paul said, I've learned in the things that I've gone through to be content. And I often say content or discontent, which tent are you living in? Right. Uh, I, I live, Pastor Rob, I live in a place of contentment. And I, I believe you do, but is patience one of the things that helps you to be content? Um, of, of course, um, being consistent. One of the things that has always impressed me about you and Sharon has been your consistency, your, your willingness to no matter what, and I've watched so many things, that no matter what, you, you remain the same, you continually go forward with the same amount of fervor and the same amount of energy that you were previous to anything. And to me, that's been such a, um, such an example of God's goodness. Another thing that is important when you speak about patience is that it's giving things up. And that's interesting. Giving up envy. You can be content. Give up jealousy. Give up criticism. Give up complaining. Give up believing that your opinion is the only right opinion that's out there. Giving it up and giving up excuses. A man that is is comfortable with excuses will never be who God has called him to be. Give up blaming. Give up blame shifting. We find that all the way back in the garden. And what I've found to be good for me, and over this last 16 months, um, Pastor, that as you, as you know, I mean, even in Dallas where you live, churches really have been meeting for quite some time. We here have not. We actually just began to go back in, um, at Easter. So for five weeks, we've been back. I'm telling you, you could hit 100 golf balls in that sanctuary and not hit anybody because society has scared people so much that they don't even want to go back to the house of God. Now, in all of that, that would at one time in my life be tremendously taxing to me because here I have, as you mentioned, almost 40 years of a career of work that I've built into the lives of people. And with, with just the snap of a finger, that 40 years just vanished in the snap of a finger. And now I'm at the place where I actually could be an individual that turned around and, and said, look, I, I'm just not going to do this anymore. But what I could use my faith on, and this is where I think sometimes people make a mistake, is that they try to use their faith on people 
and never use it on themselves. And so in things I could control, I couldn't control who was going to come back. I couldn't even control if, in fact, that they chose never to come back. I have people that have left the church, people that are not going to go back probably for a couple of years. People's lives have been so altered and so changed. I've had hundreds of people that now work remotely, and they've moved to, to places around the country that are better tax-wise than the state that I'm in, that they don't have to go to work anymore. And all of these things, people are moving. And here I am at the, really at this spot of my life. And I have all these things which I cannot do anything about, nor has God called me to do anything about it. But one thing that, one thing that I could change was, I could determine whether or not that the ministry would remain. And so during all of this time, I used my faith, not on people, not trying to control people, not calling it intercession or not wanting the best for them or calling it that. I used my faith on whether or not that financially, we could survive and thrive as an organization. And I can tell you, after the 16 months, we are in a better financial shape than we've probably been for years. And with us not being or not going into the building, and you would think it would be completely the opposite. We can't, we can't, um, pass God's offering receptacles. We can't, um, we, now all of a sudden your, your envelope giving is completely gone. You're really trying to start up a whole new way of doing something and you're doing it in the middle of a storm. And so never, and so I would encourage all of us to realize that we fall upon Christ. And at that particular moment, all of his promises are not a truth, but his promises are the truth. And you don't have to do them. You just have to believe them. And then God begins to put a peace inside your heart, that peace that passes all understanding Habakkuk said it like this. He said, though the fig tree shall not blossom and there be no grapes on the vine, the olive trees have cast its fruit and the fields have yielded no grain. He said, and though the flocks are all scattered and we don't even know what happened to the cattle that were in the stall, he said, but yet I will rejoice in the Lord. Can you imagine, Pastor, what happened when Job's servants came home and told them, told him one at a time all of those things that were happening in his life? He lost his kids. He lost his homes. 
but you know there were tornadoes or cyclones or whatever that they faced in his part of the world that those things destroyed everything he had one at a time people came in and they they attacked his family they attacked his wealth they attacked everything and job was laid bare but yet job turns around and says but i trust you and and then within a certain amount of within a certain amount of time it was really 9 months time the bible actually said that god blessed job and gave him twice as much as he ever had so i just want to encourage all of our viewers tonight that you know it doesn't matter where you are it just matters like everything else in who you know and and when you when you realize this pastor when you realize this you begin to understand that you need to give up all of the toxic people that you've allowed to be in your life you know the bible talks about us in our tithe right it does that's 10% same thing is true with people in luke 6:38 the bible says given it shall be given to you right i mean we all know that he said that men shall give to your bosom but then proverbs 19:17 says he that has pity upon the poor lends to the lord and the lord will repay him again well why did that ever happen where did that come from if men are going to give back to my bosom but yet i'm supposed to on the poor and the lord's going to pay me back what what's the difference in between men giving me things and building my life and god says he's just going to pay me back not even multiply what i gave the difference was the people and we spend pastor we spend 90% of our time with people that need us and less than 10% of our time with people that we need we must learn as believers to be the opposite to that that we spend 90% of our time with the people that build us up that fill our tanks that encourage us that actually help us do the kind of things that we're called to do and less than 10% of our time with the naysayers with the people who say you can't do it you're not going to make it can't you see all the things that are going on watching the news hearing all of these different things that are going on that do nothing but actually exacerbate the problems that you're already personally facing and then someone's got a problem in the family then you got to deal with all of that and so i want to encourage my brothers and my sisters to spend time with people that you need don't spend time with people that need you and that has been that's been paramount for me well you you have covered i mean you have covered so much ground and let me just kind of back up a little bit of things that we one of the things that patience help us do is give up things that was, that was a powerful statement and you you mentioned them i won't go through them again but 
we give up those and then you move to another thought and you said that our faith, you talked about our faith, believe in God, putting our faith in God and believe in God. And during this time, I, I had no idea. Um, we haven't talked on the phone as much. And so I had no idea that you were not back in full services until April. I didn't know that. And then for you to describe um, how you had to start, and then you went on to say how God has blessed you in spite of the difficulties. Now, you said there was things that you couldn't control. And I often use this term, Pastor Rob, that there's so many unscheduled events that come to you and I and all of our listeners. And when unscheduled events come, to me, what has happened to us in the United States and in America and the world, this was out of our control, and there's still some things out of our control that you and I cannot control, but we can control ourselves. We can control ourselves. We can control our faith and our confidence and our consistency of faith, believing that no matter what, that no matter what, or who makes a decision that affects us personally, I think that's probably one of the biggest issues that we face in life is when other people make decisions that affects our life in a negative way and how we respond to that. And as you mentioned these things, maybe not in the same way I'm bringing them back. Yours is much better. Well, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that. I, 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 your, your wisdom is so right on and on target. And here we are in, in 2021, and so many things has happened in our world. And you're sitting there telling me that financially you're okay where others are, are not in that same position. Now, I'm going to bring up a point here. And some people would that would be listening or watching that maybe have a, you, and, and forgive me, I'm, I, I, I'm not putting you down, but you may have a negative thought and say, well, they're preachers. Naturally, that's going to happen. Now, Pastor, um, I don't think anything that you have said has anything to do with you being a pastor with what happened to you? I think it's your faith. Tell me, tell me that. You know, some people say, well, you're preachers. You you're just naturally have more faith than I do. Well, that's, we're people. We're people. And, and so it's not our call that, that is why God blesses us. It's faith and obedience and, and one more word that I, I, I'm going to bring up, character is what has kept you through these months. And so let me just ask you, do you think 
I know better, but I'm going to ask you the question. Do you think because you're a, a pastor, a minister, is why God has blessed and prospered you through these months? Um, absolutely. Well, absolutely not, of, uh, of course. And, and let me say it to all of our listeners that one of the most difficult places to ever succeed is a minister. If you're going to be true as a minister, it is the most difficult place to succeed because you have the entire, the entire world. Once it recognizes the anointing of God on your life, the entire world does everything it can do to keep you from succeeding. They don't want, they are not, they're not going to help you. Why? Because you're not someone that they can look down on. Because when you live your life as the man or the woman of God that he's called you to be, you keep your head up. No, I mean, you mentioned it, Pastor, just a moment ago. You would never know. There are more things that someday maybe I'll be free to talk about. But I can tell you this, is that with all the earnestness that I possess, the only time that you will ever succeed and break out of your, um, we'll just call them uh, your determinisms. Those determinisms, which just means that there is, your determinism means there's no way of escape. If in fact, if in fact God told you that he was going to bring people in your life, that we're going to open doors for you that no man could shut and could shut doors uh, for you that no, that no man could ever open. If God told you that and you were sitting there and year after year after year after year, the question is not whether or not that God said it. The question is whether or not that you believed it to the point to where you were the one who finally said, these individuals in my life must not be the people that God has called to be able to promote my life. If one of the things that we need to realize about, uh, let's say self-improvement, we'll just leave it there, improvement, family improvement, um, geographical improvement, environmental improvement. We, we need to realize that even, even the people who were building the Tower of Babel understood things that Christians don't even, don't even um, understand. And that is that it is through networking, it is through relationship that you're able to build the life that God wants you to have. I can tell you this, Pastor, with a very, very, um, with a lot of, um, let's just say more weight than I would normally like to carry. And, that, and, and that's this, that it has taken me way too long to be able to discover what I'm saying. When, when we 
as ministers, people say, you know, is it because you're a minister that God blesses you? No, but I do think one thing is really true that you, you're not looking at, but it's true about a person who is a minister and is a number of other vocations as well. And that is that ministers deal with hundreds or thousands of families. And because of all of that, all that experience and things that they're, that are go, that they're going through, that is all compressed into a short amount of time. And we as ministers get to view that. And when we view that immediately, it's almost like being in the movie, The Matrix, if anyone remembers it, where, where Neo, he was going to be the savior of the resistance, but they had him, they had a wire plugged in the back of his head and he comes out of that and he says, I know Kung Fu. Well, there are so many things that we get to learn because we see the situation that everyone else is facing with it. And those things, I get, I get a, a hundred, if I deal with, with, let's just say 100 families, minusculely, 100 families, and I'm aware, and I am as a minister, I'm very aware of the people that come to my church, I'm very involved in their lives. I am accessible. They can call me, all of those, all those things. And if I have 100 families and I have one year, I get 100 years of experience in knowing what not to do. I get that in one year. And so I'm able to take a hundred years of experience, boil it down into one year, and I now have become that brilliant of what it would take someone else a hundred years to learn. I learn it in a year, but it won't take a person a hundred years to learn if in fact what they do is they start pursuing the relationships that God wants them to have. When I I remembered, Pastor, the when one of the a nation I was speaking in, and I I was speaking for the Queen, and this particular nation, and the verse came back to me that just said, "Do you see a man who excels in his work? He'll stand before royalty. He's not going to stand." in front of the people that don't want to go to work, giving them the money that God gave to him so that they didn't have to go back to work. That, but I remember when I, I was there in front of royalty and the queen said, can you please teach my people how to work like Solomon? Because our nation is so blessed that they think that they don't need to work. And they stay with all the money. They stay in poverty. So because work isn't about money. 
works about self-improvement to put you before kings, to influence Congress and Senates and, and buildings, people who walk through governmental buildings all over the world. I remember I dropped someone off at the airport yesterday and I was riding behind the Secretary of, of State and, and I thought, wow, the Secretary of State even goes to the airport. Why don't I know the Secretary of State? Because if I can influence the Secretary of State, I can influence the president. I can influence the vice president. I can influence the Speaker of the House and the, the president pro temp of the Senate. If, in fact, that I can get into that circle, and God's called you and I to get into greater circles all the time in order for him to be able to save the world through the covenant that he made with Jesus Christ and that you and I become partakers of that, not because of works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. We fall upon that rock. We realize that there's no good thing that lives inside us. We understand that there isn't anything that we could ever do, that the moment that we ever even tried to do one of those things, we would disqualify ourselves from walking the streets of gold because there's nothing that we could ever do that could ever make us acceptable in holy, in the sight of holiness. In the sight of holiness, it's that, it's that God, two guys, I, I, I know a, a man who was speaking at a Middle Eastern country, and there were some, some Muslims as well as Christians inside of his meeting. And so he thought he would go right at the juggler of it all, and he said, well, who is more holy? Allah or Yahweh? And they just jumped up and said, Allah is more holy. And the question was asked, how could you ever enter paradise? They said, because of Allah's goodness. So Allah knows all about your sin. Yes, then the moment you died, Allah would no longer be holy because sin would never be able to live in Allah's presence if he was holy. You see, God, God is just and the justifier. How can God be just and the justifier of the one who believes in Jesus? How could God be just? Because God took every sin, every penalty, everything that was written, every wrong thought, every wrong action in life that you and I have ever done. And he sunk and, and put into Jesus every one of those things. And God is just because sin had to be paid for 
but he's also the justifier of him who has faith in Jesus. Now we've been raised together with him and made to sit together with him. And with that, we become people who have these promises that are already true in our lives. So thus we give up all of the, all of the cultural mores that we face and we run our race with consistency. We, the Apostle Paul said in, in 2 Timothy, where he said, you know, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. He said, I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord has promised not only to me, but to all those that love him at his appearing. And so, Pastor, the, our people must run their race with the people in their lives that God has called there. They must get to the right people and in the right circumstances of life. And they will never, ever, ever know a day of defeat ever again because Jesus has already paid all the price for all the de defeat. I was, you know, Pastor, I was saved in a mental institution. I was the crazy guy. And yet Jesus invaded my life. He paid the price for me and then raised me to life again with him. I, I don't want to, I, I don't want to just filibuster anything, but honestly, pastor, the success, success, winning, being on top, being the head and not the tail this is not a problem for God's people. God is waiting for them to be just like him. But he knows our flesh, that it is weak. He's getting you to attempt to not look at the things that are seen, but to look at the things that are not seen. For the things that are seen are temporary. They're subject to change. But the things that are not seen, God's word, that's what is eternal. We look at God's promises. We look at God's covenant. We have a covenant with Almighty God. And that's the reason why that we must pray for America. Because the moment that America is no longer America, the rest of the world and the gospel will suffer and we will be plunged into, dark, into the dark ages once again. Don't think for a moment that Jesus will return before the dark ages return. We want him to come today. He's not coming today. He's called you and I to be able to occupy until he gets here. You take the authority. You put the armor of God on, but you put that on a surrendered person. And you're righteous because he made you righteous. You're holy because he made you holy. You're wise because he made you wise. You walk by faith because that is the only, those are the only words that you know now, the ones that he has said, not ones that this world has given to us. Okay. Well, you know, again, you have, you have covered so much ground in answer to the question that you're not where you are only because you're called, but it's by faith. 
and that anyone that will use the scriptures that you just quoted in this last few minutes that you've been speaking, if, if any person that's viewing right now, no matter what your situation is, God can promote you, help you. But see, you, you're the one that has to take the next step, Pastor Rob Thompson and myself. We can't take that step for you. You have to take that step. And God has taken him around the world, has brought him before audiences that when he started, yes, I do remember your testimony, Rob, of how God saved you in a mental institution and took you and give you, you you've been a pastor of a mega church and mega people, been on television, authored, I don't know how many books. But it's not just because God called you. It's because of your character. It's because of your faith. And I want to say to people that's viewing, you say, well, again, you, you are too Pastors, you're two preachers. Y'all have experienced a lot of things that we haven't. Yes, he just said in one year, many things he's learned in a year because he's dealt with families. That's the same with me. Well, you deal with your mother, your dad, your children, people at work. And so you can learn what not to do, as he said. And, and the Bible says bad company destroys good character. And so it's important, he said, of who your relationships are and who you're in relationship with. I'm asking you, I'm talking to you as he has said to you, who are your, who are your friends? Who are your friends? You know, I want to be around a person and talk with Pastor Rob Thompson, Pastor Bob Nichols, who is... Uh, uh, somewhat my senior pastor to church for over 55 years Joyce Meyer and I'm not just calling names here to, to have an identity I don't need those names to have an identity my identity is in Jesus your identity should be in Jesus not in he said it's who you know but it's not who you know in the world knowing Jesus Christ is your Lord knowing I'm talking to somebody right now as he's been talking, he's, he's been speaking, knowing Jesus Christ is your Lord. And I believe one of the things that will keep you, that I have watched this man, I've known Pastor Rob, I think since 1983. And one of the things that I have seen so consistent in his life is his character. I'm asking you, I'm asking you, where is your character? Your character is who you really are. It will impact how much you accomplish in life. It will determine whether you're worth knowing or not. It will make or break your relationships. Now, Pastor Rob, I might have heard you say that particular one. I don't know. Most of these things I've just learned, but I, I think I might have heard you say you're it will make or break your relationships. Your character will determine your response to failure or success, mistreatment and pain. 
and your character reaches every facet of your life. It's much more than your talents and your educations. These things can open the door for you, but it's your character that keeps you there. And here I'm sitting with a man of God in Chicago, and I'm in Dallas, Texas. And he has give you just a little sample of his life. And you'd have no idea of the things that he's gone through to get to where he is. Well, you're no different than Pastor Rob Thompson. You're no different than Pastor Rob Thompson in the sense of knowing Jesus. Sure, his calls, his personality, his his actions daily are different than you. But you, I'm saying to you, Pastor Rob's been talking to you. Somebody... I know we're touching, God's touching somebody and drawing somebody in because you felt like you're a nobody. Well, God can can take a nobody and make them a somebody and put them in front of everybody without asking anybody. So right now, right now while we're talking, and I got one more subject that I want to go to and I want to get him to talk about. But I just feel like somebody right now you, you, you have let the devil just beat you down and beat you down and beat you down. But every word that Pastor Rob has spoken in these scriptures that he has just brought, you may not be taken around the world and you may not be called a pastor of mega church and you may not be the author of, of many books, but your life is just as important to God as Pastor Rob Thompson. It's just as important as Joyce Meyer or any of these people that we see or know on television. Your life to God is just as important. And your, your failures, your hurts, your pains, your disappointments, God cares about you and will take you through any one of these. Now, Pastor, you can either come in on what I just said or take up from here or let me ask you a question of where I want to go. I... I um, I'm so um, humbled and so encouraged by you really speaking into the hearts of people. I I I think for me, Pastor, I I'm a I'm a person who I don't get to introduce people in a tremendous way to Christ, but I can show you from the second that you come to him, how you can be successful walking with him. And if our brothers and our sisters would only know that no matter how many, many years are on the bones that you have, all you are is this far away from everything that God has ever promised you. He is, God has never had an evil thought about any person under the sound of our voices. He has done nothing but good for all of us. And all it takes is our acknowledgement to living with our lives with, the cup always have full 
never half empty, to always be grateful. We're grateful to God. We're grateful to other people. Live, if I could encourage them, to live an empty life and not a full life. What would I mean by that? Never let a day go by not telling people how you feel about them. Never let a moment go by with any, with anything but gratitude in your life. Show the world how grateful that you are for what Jesus has done. I can, I can attest to this, Pastor. I would rather have a person around me who knows nothing, but they're grateful than someone who believes they know everything, but they look down on someone else. And so I want to encourage our listeners to be grateful, to look for an open door. Joseph, when Joseph was in prison and just had interpreted the dreams of the butler and the baker, he says to the butler as he's on his way out, he says, when you get to the place to where you're handing Pharaoh his chalice once again, remember me. He said, for I have done nothing to put me here. Always look for the open door. Always looking for the door that's cracked because God's going to give you new opportunities. Opportunities are coming, Pastor, to, to the listeners who are listening to us right now. Opportunities are coming to them. I remember when, when Chancellor Roberts, he, would, he went through a number of years where he would stay the statement that your miracle is coming at you or going by you every second of the day. And the miracles of God are coming to the people who watch us. But also, I'm not just interested in them having a miracle. I'm interested in them building a life, to putting a life over into their children, into their grandchildren, to actually be able to live that life before them to the point to where all of them see how granny has lived, how grandpa has lived, and then want to pick up that mantle and live that life again. As a, all of us, or many of us who are watching tonight, we live in America. We live in what has been called the freest nation on the face of the earth. But no matter what kind of government, that we have in, in our nations, whether it's a monarchy, whether it's communism, socialism, or, or what we'll call democracy, no matter what, no matter what kind of government that we have, we must remember that we are all called to be good citizens of that nation so that we can effectively preach the gospel until Jesus returns. I got to go back to 
what you said about being grateful <clears throat> and telling other people daily how much you love and appreciate them. And Pastor, one of the things that has probably uh, saved me through a lot of disappointments and people that I have allowed to disappoint me or hurt me. Most people don't realize the statement that I made. I don't allow myself to get hurt and disappointed like I used to when I was younger. <clears throat> and I don't know if you've ever heard me make this statement or not. But one of the things that I learned many years ago, but really began to apply probably in the last 20 years of my life has been don't remember what you do for others, but don't forget what others do for you. That is so, so powerful. That is so powerful. Well, well Pastor Rob, that, that I've known this for years and years, but probably it's been the last 20 years that I've really been able to apply that. Because when I give something to someone, of course, I expect God to return the seed. But I don't ex I've learned not to expect the person to return the favor to me because I didn't do it. Now, I give to God, I give to others, and I know God is my real source of return. The person is not. But I think so many people live in a world, they don't know how to do what you just said, is to be eternally grateful for what you have and not be constantly thinking about what you don't have. And, and when I do for something for someone and there is no thank you return to me, I've learned, Pastor Rob, in the last 20 years, I've learned to apply it, that if they don't return any gratitude or any thanks or acknowledgement, it doesn't bother me. It really doesn't. Somebody might say, well, I don't believe that. Well, it's a learning process. But what you said, what you said, my wife Sharon and I, and I know you, you and Linda are the same, and, and I want to say about... Linda, your wife. I adore your wife. She is just absolutely so lovely and fun, and she's certainly one of a kind. Ah, uh, she is. She's she's a lot of fun. But as I finish here, and and I know we're running out of time, but I got to ask Rob just if he can shorten the the question, the answer to the question. But being grateful. And I think that's what has helped me is the things that I do for others, the things that I do for others, I don't try to remember. I did this for you, and look what you did. I did this, I did this, I did that. What I've, I've learned, Pastor, is what I do, I do it as unto the Lord. And once I do it as unto the Lord, God sees my heart and my motive. He sees what's inside of me, and he always returns it. 
whether that person ever acknowledges it or not. A lot of people have not learned to come to that place of not allowing hurt and offense. And that's not easy to get to, and you know that. It's so easily, and some people get offended so quickly. And just like in our past election, so many people, I mean, I got family members that I can't even talk to. <laughs> you know, honestly, well, they don't want to talk to me because they know what I believe. But I want to ask you a question, and, and I guess if you condense it, can condense it, because um, we're getting near the end here that I need to wrap up. And I want to ask you, did the prophets get it wrong in the election? I don't. I don't believe so. I believe that the that the prophets actually spoke the things that they heard from the Holy Spirit. So you might say, well, why then do we have the results that we have? Well, I think two things are really true. What has been the accusation of it? And the accusation has been oh, God, there have been so many things that have, have happened, and it is though that there is a, an evil cabal against the things of God and against his church around the world. And, and now they're... By the they're way, I'm glad, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that word. I'm really glad you mentioned that word. Yeah, they, there is, and the Apostle Paul called that, he said that the mystery of iniquity is already now at work. Now, let, let, me, let me mention this part, because I think we, need, we always need to have, uh, Romans 15, 4 says, the things which were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures would receive hope. And so we know that it was written that the Apostle Paul was being called a liar. He didn't keep his word. He wasn't a person that came through with what he said. And they were actually the entire body of Christ at that particular time, or the ones that had called themselves part of the body, that they were actually pointing the finger at him because he lied because he cheated, he was a thief, he was all of these things. And he told the Corinthian church, he said, now I'm going to come to see you, but he wasn't able to. But he said, now he comes back when they questioned him about his own truth or lack of truth or him coming through with what he said. He said, now, do you think that I, when I said it, I said it as a man? Or do you think that I said what I said from God? Did I do it lightly? He said, I didn't do this lightly. He said, Satan hindered me and stopped me from something. You know, I'm, I'm, very, I'm very encouraged. I'm very encouraged because I, I to this day, to this day, I pray for 
our president. I pray for our government. I pray that God roots all evil out of the government we have and that I understand that all authority has been given by God, but it's also men and men's ways that fill those offices of the authority that God gave us. So there's something that's not right. Something's not right. Will that come to the light or will it not? Is there enough righteousness in our system to bring to light the evil that has gone on? Because it's almost as though, um, if you remember when Jesus dealt with the rich young ruler and the guy comes in, he says, you know, what can I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said, you know, the commandments do this, do this, do this. He said, but master, all these things have I kept from my youth. Then the Bible said, Jesus looked at him and he loved him because this was the conversation Jesus never wanted to have. There's conversations we don't want to have. We don't want to turn over the rocks. We don't want to know the truth of things because of the level of wickedness that men, men, mankind has brought through the halls of righteousness and how that we're using our righteous laws to enact evil, evil practices. And so we, we pray for them that they would be saved come to the knowledge of the truth. But do I believe that the prophets were correct? I actually do. But I also, I also believe that we must be wise as serpents and harmless as doves in how we go about really making right the things that have been made wrong. And we must do it through the power of prayer and through walking by faith, we know what we believed. There isn't, I will never, ever, ever, if you, if you believe in the Lord, you'll be established. But if you believe in the prophets, you'll prosper. And so there are, we, we're established in God, but those prophetic voices, whether whether um, wisely spoken or mistakenly spoken, all of them, even to this day, are all standing on what they said. Amen. Continually, continually, they're telling us that. And in, as each and every day goes by, as every page is now being turned, every rock is now being lifted up, we're finding the wickedness that the prophets spoke about all those days ago. And so we end, end up thinking, um, Pastor, we end up thinking that the devil is just going to lay down. He's playing for keeps and Christians are playing worship music. They're not preparing for, the, for what we need to do. For the things people need to run for public office, 
people need to be prepared. The men of God of the 16, 1700s, all of the things that were written in our Declaration of Independence and in our Constitution and how we're right now allowing people to destroy probably outside of the scriptures, the most sacred documents that have ever been penned by humanity. These things, now we must stand firm and stand strong. We remember when Moses, when Moses had his back to the Red Sea, what did God tell him? He said, stand firm and you'll see the glory of God. We will stand. We'll believe what God said. And we'll also be a model citizen to the nation that we live in. We're not here to celebrate a person. We're here to celebrate a system, and that system is, come, Lord Jesus. May you rule and reign over all mankind with your scepter of righteousness and your heart of justice. Hmm. Wow. My heart's touched as um, I hear you say this, and when you mentioned, and I'm going to wrap this up and have you to pray for our audience, but... I think when we have, I, 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 I am along with you. I don't believe the prophets have missed it or got it wrong. And I believe what you said, that prayer is what we need to continue doing. Probably more prayer went up for this election than any ever. And then when we find ourselves in the spot that we're in. Excuse me, sir. And that's the reason why you see the amount of wickedness because of the amount of prayer that went into it. And now the amount of when, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord raises a standard against him. You know, so I'm, I mean, I, I look at, I get excited. I see wickedness and I get excited about it. I'm not trying to quit. I'm not leaving this earth. He has called us to triumph. Thanks be to God, who's always called us to triumph. Thanks be, thanks be to God. Not You know, everyone in a race, they all run, but only one receives the prize. Run in such a way that you may obtain it. Wow. Well, I want to encourage everyone not to give up on this whole thing. I know many yeah, of our true. viewers believe what I believe, and here in I know I knew what Pastor Rob believed before, but I'm so glad to hear him say the prophets did not get it wrong. And what he just said about prayer is the reason why the evil is being exposed and God is doing a work in this United States of America and you that's watching from other countries. As America goes, so do you. So you keep praying for America, keep praying for our our people that he said that many of them will start running for office. Uh, you don't have to have previous experience, have experience with God. And when you've got experience with God, there's no weapon formed against you that shall prosper. And that's so about this nation and the people that's praying. 
What Satan has tried to take away, he's tried to take away our freedom. They've tried to tell us what we can do and what we can't do. But I know one thing, God is at work. And Paul said, I want to reiterate again what he said. Paul said, I was hindered. People called him a liar. They called him all these things that he just mentioned. So folks, don't give up. Uh, I know my son David and I were just talking about some of the issues before we came on the air. And and he, he's a strong believer. My son David is a strong believer that things are turning around. And you may not be able to see how they're turning around or know how, but they are. And I'm glad to see men like Pastor Rob Thompson, uh, pastor of Family Harvest Church in Chicago. I'm glad to see him standing and not not backing down and saying, oh, well, I guess they missed it and I might as well go along. No, he's not one to go along, but he talked about running that race. And, and pastor, as we close, I want you to pray a prayer for our audience that that the spirit of encouragement or whatever they need and however you feel in your heart to pray this prayer, you pray this prayer for people because, and, and if you're watching and you've never made Jesus, Jesus, Lord of your life. While he prays this prayer, it's real simple. You just believe that Jesus died, that he was, he, he arose from the dead. He took your sins and confess him and believe in your heart and confess him in your, with your mouth. And you have Jesus as Lord and then get in a, a church and learn how to walk by faith. Pastor, pray for us and, and, and pray for me. You know, I, I'm 78 years old, but my race is not run. I'm running. I'm not as quick. I'm not as quick maybe in my running as I was when I was 50, but I'm still running. And my race has not been run. I I haven't finished my course yet. So I want you to pray for our audience first because I don't want to be selfish, but I just love when, when believers pray pray for me. So as you pray, you just, if, if, if prophecy comes out of your mouth, whatever comes out of your mouth, let God use you right now. Father, thank you for each and every viewer of our time together this evening. Father, I thank you that there is a boldness that you've given to them. You said the wicked flee when no one pursues them but the righteous are bold as a lion. Thank you for boldness that comes upon my brothers and my sisters, wherever they are. Thank you, Father God, that the covenant, the covenant we have with you, this covenant will now be exercised in the lives of my brothers and my sisters. Thank you, Father, that they take the spot that you've had planned for them from the foundation of the world. Thank you, Father God, for healing their bodies. Healing their bodies, giving boldness to their souls. May they become resolute upon each and every promise that you've given to them. Thank you, Father, that some of them are going to run for public office. Thank you, Father, that you're taking the wicked out of their life and you're inserting the just, the just that can open doors for what you have for them. Now, Father, may the blessing of God, may promotion, may provision, and may love become theirs. Father, thank you for my dear brother, the one who has spoken so much into my life. I'm asking you that you would bless him. 
that he may live forever, Father God, in helping others come to know you. Father, give him people in his life that are willing to finance everything that he does every time he opens his mouth for you. Thank you, Father God, that you give him joy unspeakable and filled with glory. And may he always live encouraged as he has encouraged others. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you, Pastor Rob, for your ministry tonight, your prayer, your obedience, um, your faithfulness to God over the years, you and Linda both. We, we, we adore both of you and thank God for you. And you've been a blessing to our, our listeners and viewers, to the ones that's watching live now and those that will watch later. Um, we've had his website there on the screen numbers of times. So if you want to purchase any of his books, uh, you want to connect with him in any way, just go to the website that we've given you so that you can look on his website, find the books that you, that, that would be a blessing. I'm just holding two. I've got a, a, a shelf upstairs in my library with his with his books, but every, every book that Pastor Rob Thompson has ever written, I wanted to get into a couple of them, but we just have so much time. There's so many nuggets to apply to your life in, in every book that he's ever written. And I believe in him. I believe in his life. I believe in his wife and his ministry. And so thank you, Pastor Rob, for being here. Thank you, sir. I, it has been a pleasure, and and your people are absolutely wonderful. And David, thank you. Thanks for being there. Well, we want to say good night to you, or good morning. I know many of you in other countries, and especially all you wonderful people in the Philippines that watch us. Um, I know it's it's already Wednesday morning for you. How does it look? Is, is the sun shining? Is it warm already there in the Philippines? Anyway, it's so good to be with you. Thank you, Pastor Rob, again. And I'll be on again Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Central Time. I love you. Have a great and wonderful night.